Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Fields here. And it is Wednesday evening, and as we normally do, and as the Lord has allowed us to do on Wednesday evenings, come together. As we come together, we are able to get into the word of the Lord. We're getting into his word so his word can get into us. I'm so grateful to be able to say that this is the very first Bible study of the year 2021. Look what the Lord has done. We want to give some of the saints time to come in. I see uh, the saints are coming in one by one, and we want to welcome you to our Bible study. The saints of God here in the nation's capital, Greater Refuge Temple of Washington, D.C., and our sister church in the Bronx, New York, Refuge Temple Annex, we all welcome you. Uh, come and join us as we go into the word of the Lord on tonight. Father, we love you. And we thank you for this another opportunity to come together and to go into your word, to feast upon your word, to dig out those nuggets that we need to live our lives so that we may be ready when you come. I pray your continued blessings in our lives. Bless everyone that connects to this Bible study tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, say it with me. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> amen. Well, as you know, we have been dealing with the five-part series entitled What's Going On in the Kingdom of God. And we have been using uh, the parables that are found in the Holy Word of God uh, in order to bring out the messages, uh, bring out those things that the Lord Jesus wants to say to his children. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Uh, again, it's a very important question that we ask, what's going on in the kingdom? Uh, and the answer can only be understood by those who have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Um, so we're studying the parables, yep. Uh, and the parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And as we've learned also to rehash, uh, that when you listen or read uh, the parables, you're not only learning the principles of the kingdom, but you're also getting a glimpse into the condition of the kingdom. So the kingdom deals, I'm sorry, the parable deals with principles and the parable will also deal with condition. Um, so studying the parables does have great value and um, the Lord Jesus would use parables many times to illustrate his point, uh, to speak uh, to his followers, and particularly those who were already in the church. Uh, so we understand the function of a parable. I'm telling you a story. It has a heavenly meaning, and I want you to pay attention. Jesus is letting them know, he who has an ear, pay attention to what I'm saying because I have a message for my children. I have a message for my people. So, um, and it shows the condition, yes, and it is relative to today. It is really relative to today. The word of God never goes out of style. It is never passe. There is a word for us today in the 21st century. I believe that I received God's word 
So uh, this will be the fourth installment in our five-part series. Um, the first lesson we dealt with, remember, we dealt with the parable of the sower. We entitled it The Farmer, the Seed, and the Soil. And uh, the second installment uh, lesson that we did was entitled The Wheat and the Tares. Uh, I enjoyed that so much. And the last lesson we did was entitled The Older Brother. Uh, you know, everyone dwells on the son that ran away, the prodigal. Uh, but very seldom do you hear anything about what was going on with the older brother. Uh, and the Lord helped us open that up on last week. And tonight we are again <clears throat> uh, in the Gospels. We're in the Gospel according to St. Matthew. And um, tonight I'll be talking about the workers in the vineyard, the workers in the vineyard. I'm going to read um, these passages of scripture, the gospel according to St. Matthew, St. Matthew chapter 20, verses one through 16 is where you'll find this particular parable. And this is how it reads, <clears throat> excuse me, for the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom is heaven is like, here the Lord is. And remember, a parable not only tells us principle, but it also tells us condition. And this is Jesus saying, this is how the kingdom of God is. This is how I see the kingdom. This is what's going on in the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard. Whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. And saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers. Give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is not thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first shall be last. 
For many be called, but few are chosen. So here we have this parable, and the Lord opens up, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, as he usually would, by saying the kingdom of heaven is like such and such. On this occasion, he says the kingdom of heaven is like this, and he talks about uh, this parable of a man who owns this vineyard, calls him the good man of the house. Now, um, let's do some comparing. The parables of the ten minors, or the ten talents, uh, and the workers in the vineyard, which we just read, were all are related uh, and emphasize three aspects of Christian service. Service, Christian service. Uh, some don't believe that they are supposed to serve in any capacity. Some folks think that God just saves you to sit around and speaking in tongues, you know, uh, and don't do anything in the kingdom. That's that's. That's not how it works. Um, work out your own soul salvation, number one. And then he expects us to serve whatever your hands find to do. The Lord wants to use me. He wants to use you. So, so we should have a mentality of service. Service. Um, it is the third of these parables, the parables and uh, this particular one, I should say, uh, concerning the workers in the vineyard, uh, the landowner uh, is Jesus. And the workers that he sent out in the vineyard, listen to me now, the landlord is Jesus. The workers in the vineyard uh, that he sent represent all of us who have been saved. All of us who have been saved. Matthew 1 and 21 and she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Those of us who are saved, all of us who are saved, all of us who have been delivered and brought into the kingdom, uh, we are the ones in the vineyards. Uh, everyone who has been uh, chosen John 16 16 a little while and ye shall not see me and again a little while and ye shall see me because I go to the father here in that particular verse of uh, John 16 and 16 the Lord is saying I'm with you now but there's going to come a time where you won't see me and just like some of you are looking at the screen now um, the disciples wanted to know, what are you talking about? What is this parable? What are you, uh, and then oftentimes they made, if it was Peter, he said, what are you babbling about now? What are you, why can't you just come out uh, and tell us? Uh, and he goes further to say, uh, in this world, uh, you're going to have sorrow, but the world will be rejoicing. Uh, but the Lord will turn your sorrow into joy. He's, he is preparing them. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going back to my father, I'm going to go up into glory, uh, and you'll have to be here working and doing the things uh, that I've called you to do. Uh, it's work. Uh, so uh, we're saved, uh, we're chosen, just like those that followed Christ in the Bible, and we are commissioned by him as well. We are commissioned by him. Uh, this is what the Lord Jesus says in Matthew, the ninth chapter, verse 38. He says, pray ye therefore 
uh, the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So this is what uh, the Lord is saying, pray, uh, because the Lord needs laborers to send out into the vineyard, laborers. I have to ask this question before I push forward. Are you a laborer? Uh, are you someone that's busy doing the work, uh, saved, chosen, and commissioned by God? Uh, listen, I, and I'm not talking about titles. I'm not asking if you're a bishop or an elder. I'm not asking how long you've been holding credentials in any department or auxiliary. I'm simply asking, are you busy working in the vineyard, in the kingdom? Uh, so let's talk about this, the Lord's vineyard, uh, the workers in the Lord's vineyard, those who have been sent out. Uh, I, there are seven things that I need to uh, talk about concerning this parable. Number one, the Lord's vineyard is large. It's very large in its proportions. It's very large. It's very large. Um, uh, because it's large, <laughs> a lot of workers are needed. Because the vineyard is so large, the whole world, the whole world needs to know about Jesus. The whole world is a vineyard that needs to be worked. Uh, and so many leaders, I, and I, I won't say just leaders, so many workers <laughs> that was a slip, but I have to make this point. There are some leaders that are not workers. Uh, so we need workers in the vineyard. So let's go uh, into this chapter, Matthew, uh, the 20th chapter, verse number one. Um, let's talk about how many times the landowner went out to get workers. Um, Matthew chapter 20. I won't read all of the verses because I don't want to take up too much time. Um, Matthew chapter 20, verses 1, 3, 5, and 6. And all of these verses, it says that he goes out into the field. He goes out to find workers, to get workers. Uh, listen to my notes. How vast the field of service is which the Lord calls us into. Uh, the whole world is the vineyard. It's, it's the whole world. He so loved the world, John three sixteen, that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Remember what uh, is said in Matthew 28 and 19. This is what Jesus tells his disciples, go ye therefore and teach all nations every nation, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, uh, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the very end of the world. Remember what was said in Acts 1 and 8. Uh, this is Jesus talking to his people. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The whole world, the whole earth is the vineyard. Uh, 
So we should be busy. We should be busy. People of God, listen, we should be so busy that we don't have time to criti criticize other people. We don't have time to dilly-dally. We should be so busy winning souls and working this vineyard. It should be our vision. It should be our desire. Who can I witness to today? Uh, and you may not know we're not, we, we're not able to travel, but you can start right in your apartment building. You can start right in your neighborhood. Do you know Jesus? And I have to say this, what a privilege and a responsibility also it is to be a worker in the vineyard. So listen, if somebody comes to you and say, are you a preacher? You a missionary? Uh, what do you do? Just tell them, no, I don't have those titles. I'm a worker, though. I work. I'm working this thing out. Everyone I see, everywhere I go, I'm telling somebody that the same God that saved me can save you. I'm working. And that working doesn't just mean preaching. And, I, and we're going to talk about this uh, in this parable as well. So, uh, number one, the vineyard is large. The whole world is the vineyard. We know that uh, the owner of the vineyard is uh, the Lord, right? The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Number two, now, the second thing we need to learn from the parable that we read is uh, workers are urgently needed in the Lord's vineyard. So it's large and workers are needed. It's large, workers are needed. I wanna read for you out of Matthew chapter nine, verse 37. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest is truly righteous or truly plenteous, I'm sorry. The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. So I have a harvest, there's a harvest of souls, but the laborers are few. You mean to tell me we got all these saved folk, all these folk running around the building, all these folk holding titles, all these folks bragging about uniforms and robes, and Jesus is saying the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers the laborers are few. Wow. Think about that for a minute. John 4 and 35. St. John 4 and 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are white already to harvest. Jesus is talking then, and no doubt he's telling them, what are y'all doing? We got all these souls out here. Harvest is ready to be taken in. Where are the workers? Where are the workers? And remember, the parable tells us not only principles, but it also deals with conditions. So perhaps the Lord is saying there's a whole lot of work to do, but there's not a whole lot of people working. There's a whole lot of souls to bring in, but not a whole lot of people working. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Listen to my notes. The need for laborers is great. Yes. Um, and it's, it's so great. It's not just great in the United States, but it's, it is great in every continent, every area of this world. There is a need for laborers um, in our churches even. Uh, have, you, have you discovered um, that we find a hard, we have it hard getting people to work, uh, 
getting people to do uh, in our churches, whether it's in Sunday school or missionaries, or it's, it's difficult at times. Uh, but there, there is a need for born-again, soul-winning workers. There is a need for Holy Ghost-filled workers. Uh, and in many ways, um, it constitutes the most needy mission, uh, mission field in the world today. Uh, and what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, uh, not only do we have an issue with getting people to work in the church, uh, but a lot of times we have people uh, difficulty getting people to work abroad. They don't want to leave the comfort of the, the zone that they're living in. But there are souls out there. And, and I might be talking to someone the Lord may have been dealing with you for a while about packing your bags and going somewhere, uh, some foreign land, uh, to work in the vineyard. Yeah. Uh, I believe, I really do believe, I know we're in a pandemic, but I really do believe that during this pandemic, the Lord has been stirring the pot and speaking to men, women everywhere about going out, whether it's in your neighborhood or whether it's in a foreign country. I, I had a conversation with uh, one of my pastor friends, I won't give you his name, but uh, he was talking to me and saying, you know, Fields, we're in the midst of this pandemic, uh, but I have to go to Africa. Um, so he's, he's leaving in another week or so in the midst of a pandemic. Hasn't even gotten his, in, his in inoculation yet, you know. Uh, but he's going to get on a plane and he's going to fly to East Africa uh, and start uh, doing some works. And I shouldn't say start, he's been doing it, but... Uh, he felt in his heart and in his spirit that he did not want it to stop him from doing what God put in him to do. So he's going out there. Uh, he wants to work. Uh, he wants to preach and teach and help those that are sick. Uh, it, the Lord has put it in him to do this. And I believe in my heart that the Lord is dealing with some of you, uh, stimulating your hearts and minds to go out there and work. Listen, uh, the work isn't just in the pulpit. I'm, I'm sitting up here in the pulpit teaching to you, uh, but the work isn't just in the pulpit. Uh, and we need to get out of this, uh, I call it a pulpit box, where we feel like everything has to be done from the pulpit, or everything has to be done in the four walls of the church. No. Uh, the Bible says here that the owner of the vineyard went out several times to get workers to come and go into the vineyard to work. Listen, and, and we have a whole lot of things uh, to fight against and to work against in order to get God's word out there. We are dealing with uh, darkness, heathenism. We're dealing with witchcraft, we're dealing with superstition, and we're dealing with ignorance, we're dealing with false teachings, we're dealing with all of these things, uh, but it behooves us to go out into the vineyard and work. So there's a manpower shortage. I believe this is what the Lord is saying. Remember, what's going on in the kingdom? I believe Jesus was talking and saying there is a manpower shortage in the kingdom. People don't want to work, right? 
uh, and we're going to get to a point in this in this lesson and we're going to deal with it heavily uh, but here he's saying there's a manpower shortage in the kingdom every every born-again believer everywhere should be fully engaged in active service for the Lord we should be fully engaged fully engaged in active service for the Lord in these times and these are desperate times he's a desperate these I'm gonna say it again these are desperate needy times uh, so and and there are things that we can be and should be doing uh, and and let's go uh, pray this is what he says in Matthew 9 and 38 pray ye therefore pray you mean to tell me you got all this going around and and some of the intercessors some of you wailing women won't even lay on your face and cry out he says pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers pray put this in your prayer that God would send laborers into his harvest and uh, by preaching of course Acts 5 and 42 daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ daily in the temple and in every house so uh, here and I'm in the book of Acts they they not only preached in the church house but they said in every house go from house to house preaching and teaching Jesus Christ all by doing both I'll go back into Acts chapter 6 verse 4 but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word prayer and to the ministry of the word. So we know that um, the vineyard is vast, it's very large, the whole world. We also know uh, that the master is looking for uh, people to work in the vineyard. Uh, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. There's a man shortage. There's a man shortage. There is a shortage of workers in the kingdom. So. Um, the third thing we learn from this is that all kinds of workers are needed by the Lord. All kinds. All kinds. And I, I need to say it again. All kinds of workers are needed. Not just one particular kind, uh, as some would, would like you to think. But all kinds of workers are needed. Because the field is so great. Uh, a variety of leaders are needed. The field is really massive and a variety of workers is needed. Uh, so this fact leaves, uh, it leaves us with no excuse. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say the very fact that I can sit here and say that the vineyard is so vast that all kinds of workers are needed, that he immediately erases any excuse, right? Uh, listen to my notes because there is some valuable job of work you can do doesn't matter well i i don't usher uh you know and but you can do something oh well i've never done this but you can do something in the kingdom so and, and let's give examples um let's give some examples um because the field is so great 
Uh, yes, he needs preachers, spirit-filled preachers, uh, who are used by the Holy Ghost uh, to preach his word, yes. Uh, but we also need in the kingdom writers, people who can write, people who can sit down and write about Jesus, write books, write lessons. Yeah, think about it. now, And, and let's talk real talk because, like I said, especially in our environment, in the apostolic realm, you know, uh, in the holiness churches, sometimes we think the preacher is, can only... Uh, can be the only one that's working. But uh, we have those of you out there who are gifted writers. You write plays about Jesus. Yeah, you can write plays. You can write a book. There's a book in you. And that's, that's kingdom work. Yeah, somebody can pick up that book, some intellectual who can who walk in the store and see a book that you wrote by the leading of the Holy Ghost. You were gifted to write it. The Lord empowered you to write it. And that woman or that man's life is changed because of what you wrote in that book. Yeah. We need Christian authors, born again, believing authors who can sit down and write by the leading of the Holy Ghost and open it up. Open up my eyes. I, I read this and I can feel the anointing in this story. Uh, and, and people who can write Bible lessons, who can, who can break down the word of God in a, in a, in a lesson form. Uh, so, and it's much needed, who can put it in print, not just in English. There's some of you who are, who are connecting to us, who have been connecting to us weekly. You, you speak more than one language and you can write things down in other languages. Also, we need people of prayer. We need, we need the prayer warriors to step to the forefront and pray, hallelujah, pray for the vineyard, that the souls that are out there will not be lost and someone will be able to reach them and bring them in to the kingdom of God. Yes, uh, people of prayer are those who work behind the scenes. You don't, you don't often see it. They're in their homes. We've been shut in our homes, uh, and the prayer warriors have been, have been going at it, praying not only for this nation, but for other nations, and continue to pray, and pray for the souls. Pray for the souls. Hallelujah. And, and as Jesus said, pray uh, that workers will go out or be sent out into the vineyard and gather in the crops the souls that are ready to be brought in to the ark of safety. Also, uh, let's go to Acts. Uh, where am I? Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. We also need workers who visit and use their practical skills. Let's go to the word of God. Acts 10 and 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Um, so we need workers who visit, who go abroad. Listen, 
he anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. He went about. He didn't just stand still. He went about doing good. And everywhere he went, he affected change. Right? He laid hands on the sick and they did recover. Yes. And listen, laying on of hands uh, and they shall recover. Uh, it, it's not just for the preacher. And I know some of you might get get a little upset with me about this, but uh, that healing thing that the Holy Ghost does, he doesn't just do it through the preacher. He doesn't just do it through the bishop or the elder, no. Um, I, I had praying grandmothers in my, in my family, and I, have a, and I grew up with a praying mother, and it was nothing uh, for my grand, either one of my grandmothers to get some anointed oil and lay hands on me, lay hands on the children, um, yeah. Many times, uh, lay hands, get some oil and lay hands, uh, and something took place. Healing took place. The power of God was felt. I think we lean too much on just one area. Everybody needs to get busy doing the work in the kingdom. And I know some folks might get upset about this because you feel that the preacher is supposed to do everything. You think that the work of the Holy Ghost is just uh, put in one little preacher box and only the preachers can do it. No. No, my brother, no, my sister. If you have the Holy Ghost, after that the Holy Ghost has come, you shall have power. and Ye shall be my witnesses. And guess what? People who have that Holy Ghost power, these signs shall follow them. So a missionary can cast a demon out. Yeah. Hallelujah. That little teenage girl that is full of the Holy Ghost can turn around and rebuke sickness and sickness will have to leave. There's a lot of work to do and we need to stop putting the work of God in one particular department and let the church spread out and work. Do the work that we're supposed to be doing because the vineyard is vast. It's big and all kinds of workers are needed. We need authors. Yes, we need people to sit down and write. We need, yes, we need preachers that are gonna preach the truth under the unction of the Holy Ghost. We need prayer warriors, people that are going to lay on their face and pray, right? And pull down strongholds. And we need workers that will go from place to place, right? Without fear and use the gifts that God has put in them. And we need, uh, listen, and, and here's another area. We need, um, we need stewards of the Lord's money. What do you mean, preacher? Well, um, it, it, takes, it takes finance. It takes finance for the ministry in any place, no matter where it's at, whether it's in America or in a foreign land, it takes finance to be able uh, to effectively perpetuate and push out those things that need to be done in the kingdom. Uh, and there is an anointing, there is a gifting that God gives some um, uh, to be able to be proper stewards of the Lord's money. Uh, and it's not always a deacon. It's not always someone that works in the deacon's office. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share something with you that's been in my heart for a while. Uh, and I would say it's been in there since this pandemic started. There, there is, uh, it seems to be a reshaping and a shifting. Uh, and a lot of things we thought about ministry 
are getting ready to change, where some thought we can only do it in the building. If it's not in the building, it ain't right. Uh, some felt only a certain group of people uh, can do certain things. And I'm not talking about office. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, uh, being anointed uh, of that five-point uh, ministry or that five-fold ministry. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm just talking about the fact that the Lord's power and his anointing is of such that you cannot limit the work to one particular area. No, uh, the way God is going to work uh, in this coming season is going to blow a lot of us out of the theological water where our theology even only puts God in one particular area. He's going, he's going to blow our minds. We have been putting God in the box for so long until we haven't really touched the surface concerning the amount of work that there is to do and the souls that can be brought in. So we have to change. We have to change the way that we think and allow God to use us the way that he wants to use us and get busy, get busy, get busy. Revelation 3 and 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. No man can shut it, for thou hast little strength and has kept my word and has not denied my name. He says this to all of us. Yeah, I've opened the door and I know you, you don't have a whole lot of strength. Uh, I know, uh, but I also know that you've kept my word. You've been holding on to my word. And you have not denied my name. And the door is open. And I, I needed to say that particular scripture to those of you who are working and you're tired. Mm -hmm. Who are working and you're looking around. And, and an excellent example of, of, of what I'm talking about are those of you who have been on the front line working. I, I know some of the saints work in the hospitals. Uh, we have some Holy Ghost filled doctors. Uh, and so here is a way that we can understand it really specifically what I'm talking about, because uh, there has been no relief. Right. You've been working 12, 16 hours uh, at a time, working and working and sacrificing and, and you have little relief. The governor of a particular state has asked doctors who have retired or nurses who have retired to come and help us because the laborers are few. And this is what Jesus was saying. We got all of these souls out here ready to be brought into the kingdom and the laborers are few. So the next thing we need to understand is that the need for workers is urgent. We, the need for workers, listen, and I need to look you in the face and say this, the need for workers is urgent. And here's why, because time is short. <laughs> if we never been busy before, we need to be busy now working because time is running out. Time is short. Uh, in this parable, uh, the period of service was 12 hours. Uh, if, if you read the parable, uh, this, the period of service was, was 12 hours. Um, I'm going to read John 4 and 35, and then I want to compare that to what is said in John 9 and 4. But in uh, John, St. John 4 and 35, say not ye 
there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. So don't, don't, don't sit around and say, God, oh, I, we got time to do that. Jesus is saying here, no, don't, don't tell me that because I'm looking at souls that are ready to be saved now. They are white already to harvest. White already to harvest. John, the ninth chapter, the fourth verse. I must work the works of him that sent me. This is Jesus talking again. I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. When, because when night cometh, no man can work. So time is running out. The word of God tells us you don't know how much time is left. Right between now and when I'm going to crack the sky. You need to get busy. The church needs to get busy. Some of us need to get back to work uh, and pray. The Lord of the harvest will send workers in to the harvest. We'll send workers, right? Uh, we have to work while it's day because when night comes, no man can work. No man can work. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in the time accepted and in the day of salvation, have I secured thee? Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So when should we start working now? Right? You ever go, you ever go apply for a job and uh, a person who's ready to work, I, I, I haven't been working for a while, I need a job, I need this job. And the person who's interviewing said, when can you start? And you look at him and say, I can start today. I can start right now if you want. And this is what the word of God is to start now, because now, now is the day of salvation. Now, now is the day of salvation. Now, start work now. Put it in the, the comment section. Get started now. Get started now. There's work to do, too much work to do. And this is what Jesus is saying. Uh, what's going on in the kingdom? Well, I got all this work to do and not enough laborers in the vineyard not enough laborers in the vineyard today is the day of salvation the day of grace we're living in the church age the time of grace and a lot of work needs to be done and notice uh, that the workers were called at different times Time, different times of the day. And remember, the time period within the parable is 12 hours long. 12-hour time period where uh, the owner of the vineyard goes out and seeks workers to work in the vineyard. So uh, Matthew 20, we're in Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th verse 20th chapter, I'm sorry. First verse, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man... Mm -hmm. That is a housekeeper which went out early in the morning. So if we broke that down, uh, considering the different times, different phases or times where the church was working, where the church was moving, that early morning period, uh, let's say that's the apostles because they start out, they seek out and they start uh, the apostles in verse 3. Um, it says he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. 
let's say that third hour uh, the, was the first and second century born again believers. The church is moving on. First and second century born again believers working. Now, still others, he goes back out again, according to the parable, at the sixth hour. Let's go to verse 5. Chapter 20, verse 5, again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. So let's say during that time of the church was that time of reformation. That time of reformation was when there were some who got tired uh, of the church twisting and turning the word of God, right? Here is the fruition or the, the, uh, the strengthening and upcoming uh, of the Catholic Church. Uh, and there were reformers that pulled away and said, oh no, uh, like Calvin and Martin Luther. And there were many others, uh, some who would lose their lives because they refused to move away from the truth of the word, uh, where now men are simply preaching and teaching theology, uh, but not the word of God. And there were, so there were reformers who wanted to stay with the word of God. Don't, don't walk away from the word of God. Preach the word of God. The word of God is where, so, uh, because there's work to do. There's souls to be saved. And if you do this, so, and you understand, and, and, and I don't want to confuse you because there's a whole lot of meat here. Uh, because now uh, there were parts and segments of that universal church where they're bringing things in that have nothing to do with salvation. Uh, nothing to do with salvation. So there were reformers, those who said we need to stay with the word of God. So then he goes out at the 11th hour, the 11th hour, verse number six. He goes out and finds others standing idle and says to them, why stand ye here all the day idle? Uh, that time segment around the 11th hour, uh, we are those 11th hour saints coming into this 21st century. Uh, we are the 11th hour saints who are to go out into the vineyard and bring in a harvest of souls. Listen to my notes. We are workers of the 11th hour. All the signs of the times, religious, political, right? Tell us that it's almost midnight. Hallelujah. I felt that in my spirit. Everything around us tells us that it's almost, it is almost midnight. What happens at midnight? The bridegroom is coming, right? So we are the 11th hour saints in this parable, right? Early in the morning, the apostles spreading the word of God in the book of Acts. The church is growing that uh, that third hour represents the first and second century saints, right? The Holy Ghost has fallen and they're, through persecution, uh, they're spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are being healed and delivered, right? That sixth hour represents that time of reformation uh, where the church is going through a, a inward battle. There were some, right? And now we have, this is now we have pomp and circumstance. They were into those majestic robes, even statues and uh, they were doing things outside of the word of God. Uh, so there were reformers who said, oh no, 
this is kingdom work and souls are involved. Uh, and the 11th hour represents in the parable, let's say it, uh, it represents you and I. We are the 11th hour workers. Yeah. 21st century witnesses. We are the saints of the 11th hour. Hallelujah. Put that in the comment section. I like that. Hashtag. We are the saints of the 11th hour. Midnight is almost here. Glory. Midnight is almost here. Hallelujah. Almost midnight. And the doors of opportunity are closing in many parts of the world. It's almost midnight. It's almost midnight. 1 Corinthians 7 and 29. I want to read this in your hearing. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. Time is short. <laughs> And they that weep as though they wept not. And they that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy as though they possess not. And they that use this world as not abusing it. For the fashion of this world passeth away. So Paul is saying it's, it's time. It's time to act like time is running out. Stop acting like you got all the time in the world. He says a short time remaineth. Hallelujah. A short time remaineth. A short time remaineth. If you don't remember anything else in this, remember we don't have much time left. We got to get to work. We, we got to get to work. We got to get to work. Um, so the fifth thing is the sphere of work is indicated by divine appointment divine appointment so uh, the workers were personally called each worker is personally called and directed where and how to work go into the vineyard uh, so I want you to notice in verse 4 and 7 they did not appoint themselves they were not self-appointed the vineyard owner appointed them go he told them where and how told them where and how mm -hmm. i'm in um acts 8 and 29 um then the spirit said unto philip go near and join thyself to this chariot go near join thyself to this chariot Chapter 9 and 11 in Acts. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. So whenever God calls, right, he, he tells you where and how. He will tell you where and how. And you say, well, when does he do that? In his time. Uh, and I know different, different ones have different experiences, but it amounts to the same, right? The Lord, he appoints and he tells you where and he tells you how the leading of the Holy Ghost is of such. And I read those passages of scripture to show you when the Holy Ghost was moving, he would tell them where to go. Go over here. Go see Cornelius and let him lay hands on you. Right. Um, so when they were working in the vineyard, 
the Lord because he's a good manager. He owns everything and he manages well. He'll tell you where to go. I want you to go over there. There's a man that you need to talk to. He's going to lay hands on you and your eyes are going to open up. Uh, let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting high upon a throne, High and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. One cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. He laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this have touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, here I am. And here is, is the crux of what I'm trying to say uh, through what uh, Isaiah has to go through while the Lord is dealing with him. He says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who will I send? And who will go for us? And I hear the Lord saying the same thing. Who will I send? And who will go for us? And he answers the call and says, here am I, send me. We need people today in the household of faith to say, Lord, here I am, send me. Send me, I want to work. Send me, I want to work. I'm, listen, I need to say this. We're living in a day where people want titles, but they don't want to work. They want, they want recognition, but they don't want to work. And our attitude should be, Lord, here I am, send me. I want to work in the kingdom. The harvest is plenteous, and, and Jesus said it. That is the point of this parable. We are short with manpower. The harvest is plenteous, and the laborers are few. I have to keep coming out here asking people, uh, do you need a job? Do you want to work, right? Do you want to work? Finally, um, you know, he finds someone and they say, Lord, I'll go. I'll go work in the vineyard. I'll do this. And this is what we need. We need people who are going to go out into the vineyard and work and work. Listen, listen to these words in my notes. When the landowner went out at the 11th hour and asked, why have you been here standing here all day long doing Nothing, nothing. And I want you to know each time that the Lord went out, each time, verse 1, verse 3, uh, verse 6, verse 7, uh, each time he goes out, he finds them there idle. They're there waiting. He finds them there idle. Hmm. Let's go to verse 6, Matthew 20 and 6. Matthew 20 and 6. Matthew 20 and 6. The 11th hour, he goes out and finds others standing idle. And this is what 
This is what the master says. Jesus is teaching this parable. He says, why are you standing here? Why have you been standing here all day idle? Why are you standing here all day doing nothing? You're standing here doing nothing. And this is what they replied. They said, no one has hired us. No one has hired us. That's verse 7. No one has hired us. And Jesus says, he saith unto them, go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. Um, so listen, in a sense, they were right for standing there. No one has hired me. I can't work where I have not been hired. Um, so he commissioned them to work, right? He commissioned them to work. Go work in the vineyard. So how can we work until uh, he has directed us? I have a sneaky suspicion that the Lord has been trying to get a lot of us to do something for a while. I feel it in my spirit. Yeah. I feel it. I've, he's been dealing with some of us before the pandemic. I need you to go to work. I need you to come here. And we haven't moved. Some of us haven't moved. And, and the Lord is looking at us. Why have you been sitting here all this time doing nothing? I'm praying that the Lord will speak to you again and remind you of his instruction. Because there's so much work to do in this kingdom i'm getting ready to close i'll be i'll be closing soon i don't want to hold you too late i've been holding y'all for over an hour and a half some nights it gets so good uh and i don't i'm going to try not to do that to you today but there are some dangers that i, I want to talk about um as it pertains to working in the vineyard uh, the first one is idleness uh, Matthew 20 and 6 again, he, about the 11th hour, he goes out and finds others standing idle and says unto them, why stand ye here all the day idle? Um, and there, there is a temptation for us to just do nothing, you know, just, just get these tongues we've been speaking all these years and just be tongue talkers. <laughs> and there, there is a very strong temptation, and a lot of us have yielded to it, where we just, we're just idle. We're just content with coming to church, and, uh, you know, and now, now we're not in the building. We're content with just turning on the TV uh, and flipping from church to church, uh, and, we, and some have become idle. We're not doing anything. So there's a temptation to be slack, careless, and half-hearted in the kingdom doing the Lord's work. Yeah. I want to take you, though, to Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing. That word weary, don't get tired. Don't get lazy. Don't use the problem as an excuse to sit down and do nothing. Hallelujah. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, I wish I had time to get into that the way I want to get into it. The second, the second is jealousy. 20 and 10, Matthew 20 and 10. Matthew 20 and 10. Matthew 20 and 10. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received 
more. It's, it's payday now. <laughs> and the master's paying and those, and you know, uh, those who were there all day felt like they should have been paid more money than those who waited till the 11th hour to come in and do some work, right? So when the, the first came, they supposed that they should have received more and they likewise received every man a penny. Because remember, I read it. He says, go work for me. This was early in the morning. and said, at the end of the day, I'll give you a penny. 15 cents is worth to do. I'll give you 15 cents. That was a lot of money back then, right? The devil's master stroke among workers is jealousy. We talked a little bit about that last, last week. They that were there first supposed they should have received more and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured. They murmured. Another danger in work is criticism. Verse 15. I'll come back to the murmurer. Verse 15. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Right? Because now they're criticizing the master. Why are you giving them uh, what you gave us? And I've been, I was here all day. And they go from criticizing the worker to criticizing the boss. Mm -hmm. You got to watch what you say while you're working. Uh, criticism of the Lord and his dealings. Criticizing how God deals with the workers. How God treats the workers. People get offended. Well, you treat her like you treat me. I thought I was special. I've been here so and so and so and so and so and so. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? My God. Let's go back to the murmuring because murmuring is, is another danger of, uh, among us that want to work. Verse 11, and when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house. They murmured. Why? Because, uh, listen, verse 12, these last have wrought but one hour. They came in the 11th hour. They've only worked an hour. Mm-hmm. They only got an hour to work, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. He did all this, and they get the same amount that we get. How often do we grumble? How often? How discontented are we while we're working? Well, they, they've been here for 20 years. Child, I've been here, and you just got here, right? And I, I should have more honor. I should get more recognition than you that's how we are lord hebrews 13 and 5 listen to this let your conversation be without covetousness Oof. and be content with such things as ye have for he hath said i will never leave thee nor forsake thee so let your conversation be without covetousness stop don't don't work and complain at the same time and stop worrying about the honor that others are getting. We all have one master. And he will pay what is right. He will pay what is fair. Hallelujah. My Lord. I feel some of you tightening up on me now. But it's the word of God. The other is discouragement. While we're out here working, discouragement is, is a danger. Uh, and I need to stay here a little while. Uh, because... 
someone watching this today may be in the midst of discouragement. I've been working and I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel loved. But listen, um, God is the paymaster. And he says, I will pay what is right. I will pay. So don't worry about when you started. Don't worry about how long you've been doing it and nobody this and nobody that. Uh, God is the paymaster and he will pay what is right. I'm getting ready to close. I don't want to keep you so long. I'm looking at my watch because I don't want to go over time. Um, I really want to stick with this for a while because there are so many different mentalities as it relates to working in the vineyard. Uh, so many different uh, mentalities, so many different thoughts, right? So many different attitudes. And, and some of us uh, need to come to a place where we realize that there is too much work for us to do for us to just sit around and do nothing, right? It is vast. I told you that the vineyard is vast and we need everyone working, everyone working. Can we all preach? No. Some of us can write. Some of us have other gifts that need to be utilized to bring souls in. We got to get to work. Hallelujah. Because time is short. The last thing I want to say, our service our service, now this part is controversial, yeah, our service will be rewarded on the basis of quality and not quantity, and it's controversial because there's, there's a lot of preachers particularly who feel that um, their measure of success is by how many members they have. I've got a thousand members and you only got ten members. I'm, I'm successful and you're not, but our service at the end of the day will be rewarded on the basis of quality and not quantity. Now that's a lesson within itself, but um, so let's talk about this in closing because the Lord requires faithfulness. God requires faithfulness. Remember these words, well done, my good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many. He requires faithfulness. Uh, and it's a faithfulness that's not necessarily judged by people. 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 <laughs> people, people will mess you up uh, while you're working if you allow them to. The Lord requires faithfulness. And it's not necessarily according to the judgment of other people. Right? Um, Success, your su success, how can I put it? Don't allow people to define what success is for you because they didn't hire you. You're not working for them. You're working for the Lord. So don't let people judge your success. Psalms 126 and 6, he that goeth forth and weepeth, beareth precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in his sheaves or bringing his uh, harvest with him. Matthew 25 and 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. 
I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. First Corinthians 4 and 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So God, number one, the Lord, he judges success according to how faithful you have been. Do you, do you think on, on judgment day when we stand before the Lord, I know we're going to get crowns, but do you think that the Lord is going to show more love to the person uh, that had a million members than he does to the one who had 10 uh, members? Because what might happen, what, what may happen is that that person, and you know, I'm using pastors as an example because a lot of times when I'm around pastors, they measure their success based on how many members they have. But what about the pastor that stands before the Lord? And the Bible gives reference to this. They say, I cast out demons in your name. I did this in your name. And there may be a pastor who gets up and says, I had a, a hundred thousand members. And the Lord may look at him and say, depart from me. I know you not. You worker of iniquity. So we have to be careful of how we, as people, judge success. Because according to the word, he judges it by the faithfulness of the individual. The faithfulness. Yes, uh, Moses led millions out of Egypt. And Noah only brought eight himself and his, and his family, right? Uh, but I can't say that Moses was more successful than Noah was. They had their assignments, they both had their jobs to do, and they were faithful in doing that job. We have to be careful of how we judge success in the kingdom. Just go to work. Do what you do and make sure you're doing it faithfully and you're working the work. Though you get tired, ask God to give you strength and pray that the Lord sends laborers out in to the vineyard. Remember the closing words of the, the vineyard owner because they were arguing and complaining, right? I've been here all day since the, the first hour of the day and they come here at the 11th hour and they get the same pay. They get the same pay that we get. Uh, and, and remember these words, let me find it in verse 16, Matthew 20 and 16. And this is what the Lord says. So then, uh, and I'll go to the 15th verse. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? It's, it's my vineyard. I, can, I pay what I want. Right. And yes, you might have started in, in this time and they started at that time. But I decided to pay you all the same. Hallelujah. <laughs> That is God's decision to pay what he wants to pay. I will pay what is right. He says, so isn't it, isn't it my business to do what I want with my vineyard? Is, is your eye evil, your covetousness, your coveting, your jealous, your upset because I decided to be good to him and good to her just like I'm being good to you? 
So this is what Jesus says, and I hope you understand me tonight. So the last shall be first and the first last. Many be called and few chosen. Jesus said that. Last shall be first and the first shall be last. Now that's a lesson also within itself, but I'll close out with these words. Um, every time this phrase was used, and it was used in several times in the scripture when Jesus, Jesus would say it, uh, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Whenever it occurs in scripture, it refers to the fact uh, that a person's position in life uh, does not give that person an advantage in gaining eternal life or salvation. And, and this is a very powerful point. Just, just because I'm a bishop uh, and she's an usher, it doesn't give me an advantage in gaining eternal life. Just because I'm a bishop uh, and, and he's a lay person, he, he doesn't, he's not a deacon, he's, and, but he's faithful in doing what he does, right? It, it doesn't give me an advantage in making it in. I have to work, I have to do this work just like he has to do his work. My Lord, I hope you're receiving this. I wish I could teach this the way that I feel it. So one's position, uh, and, and let me go, every time the phrase is used, I'm gonna say it again. It refers to the fact that a person's position in this life does not give a person an advantage in gaining eternal life or salvation. Every time Jesus used the phrase, the message was the same. It does not matter who you are in this world. Or what position you hold. Mm -hmm. Or what you have done. Oh Lord. Eternal life is for those who believe in him. Who are repentant of their sins. And commit themselves to God. So it doesn't make, it doesn't make a difference. Who you are. How much money you have. Or how much you have accumulated. Or what you have done. It doesn't give me an edge. Hallelujah. No, the only thing that matters will matter in the end uh, as it pertains to your eternal life is that you believed on him, you repent of your sins, you lived holy before him, and you committed yourself to him. Too often, listen to my notes, we miss the meaning of the words believe in Jesus. We miss the meaning of the word, these simple words believe in Jesus. The Greek word for believe literally means to trust or to have faith or to depend. It sometimes is translated as to obey. Mm -hmm. So listen, as it relates to this, the last shall be first, the first shall be last. Um, there's a reason why he says, I'm going to pay you all the same, because some may have started in the beginning, but during the day or doing along the way, they dropped off. They didn't finish the assignment. They backslid or they walked away. So you got to stay committed. Oh my goodness, I want to teach this. So when Jesus says we are to believe, he's saying we are to believe, we are to trust, we are to depend on him, we are to obey him. This is what commitment is all about. He's looking for not only workers, but committed workers. Listen to my notes, it's more than intellectual knowledge about him. Those who are first in this life will not obtain eternal life unless they believe 
in Christ, unless they obey him and live for him, unless they hold on to their salvation. They have repented of their sins and they have committed themselves totally to follow him. Those who are poor and insignificant in this life can gain eternal life by faith and might have great rewards in heaven for faithful service. Now that's powerful. That is powerful. I'm gonna read that again. This is commitment. It's more than intellectual knowledge about him. Those who are first in this life will not obtain eternal life unless they believe in Christ. They've been saved. They've repented of their sins. They've, right? They've, and they've committed themselves to follow him. And then there are those who are poor and considered insignificant in this life also. But they will gain eternal life. They will gain eternal life by faith and they may even have great rewards in heaven for faithful service hallelujah and that 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 really encompasses what jesus meant uh, i don't want you to think that you should get more you look around and you look at god and say lord you should bless me more than you bless her because i've been doing this and i've been doing that uh and the lord says it's my business what i put out it's my business what I pay. It's my business. I signed the check and I decided that this will be the reward. You just be faithful. You just work and do what I have assigned you to do, my Lord. I've got to go. I don't want to keep you much longer. I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much for how you have blessed me uh, with your attention and with your commitment to this Bible study. And I want to pray a special prayer for you now. Those of you who have been connecting with us, and this is our first lesson, um, and there's much work to do. There is much work for us to do. So let's get busy, shall we? Let's get busy working for the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for this Bible study tonight and for this opportunity to come together with your people. I ask, oh God, that you would help us, help us to see the need to get busy. Not much time left. Not much time left. Time is short. So we've got to work while it's day because when night cometh, no man can work. Oh God, put a burning desire within us to go out there and win souls, to build the kingdom because you're coming soon. I, I pray for every worker, every missionary, every person that's using their gifts for the upbuilding of, their king, of your kingdom. Oh God, everyone, hallelujah, that has stepped out on faith, trusting and believing and obeying you. I pray for added strength and send them a fresh anointing, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you real good. And perhaps you want to plant a seed in this ministry. You want to pay your tithes. You may do so. The technician will put it on the screen for us. And you can participate in this part of our fellowship. Those of you who are at RTA in the Bronx, you may use Givelify. And plant that seed, won't you give that donation and we pray that the Lord will bless you real good. Father, bless us as we plant seed in this ministry. Bless both gift and giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, 
Um, if you don't know the Lord in the pardon of your sins, you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, send us that request. Admin at grtdc.org and someone from our staff will get back to you. doesn't matter where you are. You can be in the Bronx or here in the D.C. area, anywhere in the world, and we'll connect you to a church and we'll get you baptized in Jesus' name. Want the Holy Ghost? Let us know. You have prayer requests, a special request? Let us know. Send it to admin at grtdc.org. Hope I haven't held you as long as I have in the past. I, I'm trying to do better, uh, and I rushed a little bit. Um, and I don't like to rush, but I don't want to hold you uh, longer than I should hold you. Uh, but if I had my way, I'd be like Paul. I'd keep you all day long and pray that nobody falls out the window. <laughs> you got to know the scripture to understand what I'm talking about. We'll see you next week. The Lord says so. Until then, be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom, shalom.